When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Like and subscribe if you're watching on War Chant TV. Celebrate the greatness if you're listening on 93.3. Dance to the War Chant. It's a respite. <laughs> on Twitter, it's at Cameron Show. Tom's back in the saddle. Director Matthew here as always. You're you. Thank you so much for listening to the program. What a weekend it was. We began the day by celebrating choo-choo style. Knowles beating Miami over the weekend, keeping the winning streak going. Nine straight over Miami specifically, and six straight for Florida State as, um, man, it's it's just an improbable run, i got to admit, with all of the growing up that they have to do and the Maturation process is usually not kind to a team in the ACC as they figure out their roles, and yet you're watching it happen before our eyes. The team's gritty. They're tough. They fight. And they give themselves a chance late in games, and they find ways to win games. They're also not lacking skill. Let's not get it twisted. They can play. They've got length. They've got some guys that are dynamic scorers with the ball in their hand. They've got a willingness to defend, uh, which they didn't have earlier in the season. I think confidence has helped embolden them in a lot of ways. So we'll see if they can keep it going in the down ACC. I don't want to discredit Florida State. I want to celebrate them. But at the same time, I want to be a realist about this. Because I think um, there are real holes in this team. Uh, and, and, and like we said, they've got a ceiling, but they're overcoming it for now. And look, all that matters is you're winning games. At the end of the day, they're winning games. Uh, and they won again. And this time on a road against the team on the road against the team who had to have been desperate to get that win. I mean, I can't imagine there would be anybody more motivated than Miami after the heartbreaking loss in which they suffered here in Tallahassee at the TLC Double C. And or, by the way, a reminder: I'm sure they were told one too many times coming into the game, you've now lost eight straight, make it nine to your arch rival. That has got to get under your skin a bit. It's not like they're lacking talent, so that loss at home for them, no matter the valiant comeback attempt, is still rather devastating. And I think our fans. We're surprisingly focused on a lead that dwindled, and it was significant. And I thought it was shocking that the lead was amassed as it was in that first half because I thought Florida State would have a hard time finding strength in legs that had played three games in five days, or this being the third game in five days. And so maybe maybe a combination in the second half of hitting a wall coupled with desperation from Miami, perhaps some tentativeness as you try to waste clock, 
And all of that conspires to the next thing you know. We got a 12-point game. Once it's a 12-point game, you begin to realize how quickly it's going to be a six-point game, and all of that is true. But in the end, it matters not. As they say, and it is true, a win is a win is a win. And for Florida State, it's another win. And now the Knolls sit in first place in the ACC. That's a big to-do. Yeah, and you got some good film in the second half, too, because Miami, once they broke out the press, that gave us some issues. We were able to break it a couple of times, and there was one possession that I thought, man, you know, you break the press, you get into inside their three-point line, and I think it's Mills who's waiting on the baseline, and we decided to dribble it out. Finish the possession. Take the dunk if you can get it because it's a two-on-one. Yeah, go, go to the basket. Go, go to the basket, Thunder, take yeah. the dunk. I, I get what you're trying to do with the shot clock, but step on the throat a little bit and get one. But there's good film out there of our bad moments, meaning there's teachable teachable moments for that terrible turnover fest in the second half where we have 12, 13 turnovers in the second half on Saturday. So you get better off of that with a win, and if you were in the stands at the Watsco Center on Saturday, all you could do, I imagine, is laugh at the end because it's been a better part of 90 minutes of that place going berserk as they whittle the lead down and down and down, and they get the final shot, and it wasn't enough. Unfortunately, they shouldn't have let Wyatt score that bucket before the half. Made all the difference in the world. My dear, dear friend, and uh, you certainly know him and are friends with him as well, Matt Britton, his lovely wife, and Ryan and his sister, they were all there. They go every year to our home, away from home, the Watsco Center, where Florida State has celebrated many a victory. Very comfortable there for all the Knowles involved. Uh, most of my Knowles in South Florida hit me up with a text before they hop in the vehicle to drive on over and enjoy the game. Usually they're pretty relaxed, tailgating a little bit, maybe having a few pops, talking about the last win there, which was just a year ago, and the win before that, and the win before that, and all of the subsequent wins that we get down there, which is every year. And uh, they were there, and they filmed the final possession. And I have it on my phone, which I will show you before uh, we leave here today, because it is joyous, and I also have to commend our friend on his... um, boisterous reaction to the miss and he let him know and the Miami fans around him that had to hear that celebration and had to hear a reminder in fact full-throated reminder that's nine straight bitches that's what he threw down with Mm -hmm. that's a little risky no but I like it I like (laughs) so that's what you do when you're home when you're comfortable when you're home away from home Friends can speak amongst each other freely and openly when you're in a familiar setting, in a comfortable setting, a place that you so frequently win and hang out. Still, if I'm Kelly, I'm like, dude, whoa, easy. Oh, no, there was no going easy. Easy. We're not getting stitches no, today. There was no going easy. They were, uh, they were told uh, what time it was. And there were pockets of Florida State fans that I could see reminding Miami fans. Yep, yep. Uh, because I'm sure I can only imagine what they heard in the buildup to that final possession in which Florida State defended it perfectly, elevated, and ensured that the shot never had a chance. I think that makes Cristobal 0-1. He he inserted himself into the proceedings with the microphone and the all, whatever the rallying cry was. I couldn't hear it. I didn't have that part of the uh, the broadcast up and the message he was saying. I don't know if they carried it on television or, or not, but I know that they filmed what he was doing. But if you're going to try and be that big a part of a game, rather than be introduced to the crowd at halftime when you first take the job. That counts as an L. I think you're 0-1. I think you're 0-1 against Florida State. He's certainly 0-4 in trying to hire an OC. But uh, I would tell you this, that um, 
those kinds of wins down there are always preserved in your memory and celebrated, and you can bring them back up time and again with friends around the uh, around the grill, the makeshift tailgate again when you play them down there. Another win on the horizon. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Now we segue to uh, uh, from a young team finding ways to win and now in first place in the ACC to the NFL action that was. Can I have one more note about us? It's a, more of a superstitious thing, but oh. somebody in the chat posted mm. that since you broke out the bell, they're 6-0. and Since you broke out the bell on the other side of the glass. So you may need a reminder. But there it is. I feel a lot better about Wednesday. Was that nine at the end? That was eight. <laughs> was it? Sorry. There's the ninth. Um, there's the ninth. How much fun is that going to be? How much fun is it going to be when? How annoyed are we all going to be collectively together to have to hear the sound of this bell ten times? <laughs> Nobody's more upset than the beep beep and the. Uh, the trolley, I the NIT take, trolley is devastated. There's got to be a graphic for the bell. Got to make one. Bell's a character now. A I good, just can't good fa- character. I just can't fathom how angry smoke him if you got him is. He's like, damn it, man. We'll get him. Finding ways to win games seems impossible. It's gorgeous in Tallahassee in March. This sucks. He kept peeking. Originally, he's peeking his head around the corner, and then he's. Driving right through our front yards, feeling gotta, good. Gotta What's go up, to, guys? How you doing? Going to Blacksburg now. Here we go with the beep, beep. Ding, ding. Yeah, no, no, he's got nothing. Uh, the ding, ding is just chilling out. He's looking around. Well, what do we do? Carolina's lo- losing games left and right. I take it to Chapel Hill. Second straight listless performance from North Carolina. Uh, enjoy Syracuse again. Mm. Syracuse. Yeah, that's uh, it's fun. So it is that I will uh, note, by the way, Tom, I just saw this before I moved on. He read on Warchant that a Miami student, so he says, um, punched an FSU fan in the nose three times. Got to move. Yeah, get out of the way. You can't get punched three times, dude. Get your hands up. At least turn the other cheek. Get your hands up. Uh, Also, not cool. I'd have to beat somebody's ass. That would have been a bad deal. You can't have all that. You can't have your fellow Noel standing there letting you get him punched in the face. What right, are we doing? Yeah. Come on now. I mean, how many consecutive before you yeah. can retaliate? I mean, if, after one swing, we've got to go in on the kicking somebody to sleep. But, uh, okay, so that said, that said, uh, let's move on to the games themselves, which is insane. And I know there's no way to, to look anywhere other than, even though we got just a massive – I mean, an incredible crockpot full of greatness over the weekend. It's absurd what happened in the NFL. And whenever we are angered by, for whatever reason, like, you look at the top 100 rated shows on American television, and it's like 94 of them are NFL games. Like, it's true. You'll find an exception here or there. There's an Olympic event. There's, I don't know. Uh, some sort of concert or something. The MASH 50th reunion well, no, show. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about in the last year. Sure. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. So it really is odd, and <laughs> they did nothing to hurt themselves moving forward. My wife was glued to the television week this weekend watching these games with me, 
and she doesn't even really care all that much. And there's oftentimes that she spends that time doing other stuff. Like, oh, you're going to be glued to the TV for the rest of the day? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm going to get some other stuff done. I'm going to go see my friend. Da, da, da. I'm like, oh, go have a good time. Please, by all means, go. Have a good time. I'll be right here. Right here. You don't have to worry where I'll be. But she kept coming in. What Did they score again? Yeah. Oh, this is getting good. Yes, it is. <laughs> She's sitting down watching. She couldn't believe the end of the Bills Chiefs. None of us could. I and thought the NFL was effectively done. Wasn't there a swath oh, of people who said, I'm never watching the NFL ever again? Sure, Watch the ratings dip. Mm-hmm. No. 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 So, wrong. if you look at the Bills situation, and I, I hate to do this to the uh, Bills fans out there, but I don't know how many times he's going to have – Sean McDermott's going to have to answer for why they kicked it out of the back of the end zone. Let's just start with that. Why did you do that? Why, man? I want a fan to be able to ask him, not a reporter. Hey, coach, why'd you do that? Where's the loyalty, Jimbo? <laughs> why, why did you do that? You just saw your quarterback do something superhuman, and you did that to him. Why would you do that to us? Squib it, man. Everybody knows you squib it. Everybody. It's a toughie. And, you know, again, I, I felt bad for the uh, Bills players, when when the coin toss came back in the wrong direction, you could see the look of, well, this is over. And it would have been over if the Bills had won the toss. So it was uh, regression to the mean. Not not that it would ever affect the next coin flip, because you, it could land 10 times yeah. on tails, yeah. and it doesn't affect whether next time is going to be heads or tails. Right. It's 50-50. Mm-hmm. But apparently Josh Allen was 9-0 and oh. in coin flips. No chance you're going to win that coin flip. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, I mean, there is a 50-50 chance to win that coin flip. Yeah, but, but you know what I know. Right, yeah. Oh, I've been on a heater on Flipping Tuesdays Don't back in the old AJs. Pocket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've won a few things back in the day on Flipping Tuesdays. I don't yeah, know if they were around good old Flipping Tuesdays, yeah. yeah. You had Flipping Tuesdays? I remember when I first broke into radio, I had to advertise Flipping Tuesdays. It never ended. I miss a Flipping Tuesday. Oh, really? It never ended? It never ended. You're always talking about these Flipping Tuesdays. I had to do the ads constantly. It's not quite as fun as... Um, Poor Paul's with the wheel. Oh, the wheel's great. Oh, the wheel. Many a good time with the wheel. The rules changed with the wheel over the years. Way back when, the wheel, like, you you got your drinks that night. Oh, we did still. So they changed that for, uh, for a stretch there. Like, I remember going red, hit red, free pitcher, hit red again, free pitcher. Just come on, keep this bus rolling here, baby. But then after a while, I know like, it's the next time you come in. I wish the analytics, uh, you know, community was around back then when mm-hmm. I was in school because there every bartender had their own method, and you you know we could have done a study on it just to see. All right, the likelihood when it's on yellow and Joel spins it is it's going to be green sixty two percent of the time. Green, green. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I, again, that ending is rather absurd. It, I didn't think it could get better than the ending of the Green Bay game. Um, I mean, part of my part of the joy of watching Robbie Gold walk out there and kick that field goal is that, have you seen the video of him while the Packers are being introduced and he's just steady kicking field goals over their head? No. It's blatant disrespect. Like, they're introducing the team, they're coming out and they've got the line set up. Where he's just straight kicking the field goals over their head on their end. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to get my kicks in. 
Did you hear what McPherson said to uh, Joe Burrow? Mm-mm. Okay, so they're they're going to line up for the field goal. Oh yeah, he said. I guess we're going to the AFC Championship yeah. game. Yeah, because he warmed up. Yes, Burrow's going to the sideline. I, I buy it. Oh yeah, I mean that's a he, listen. He's a Gator, but that doesn't mean he's not clutch. He's a really good kicker. Yeah, he goes. I guess we're going to the AFC Championship as he's trotting out to kick the game-winning field goal. It's one of the most lovable things about uh, that Cincinnati team is they're filled with jokers like that. All these guys. I mean, with that offensive line. <laughs> that they still feel like they're going to go on the road and win games, it is really hard to quantify because it's ugly. That offensive line is in a damn embarrassment. I, he gets killed. And yeah, it's just like, that's all right. We'll be all right. And, and the look on his face when he gets sacked the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth time is remarkable because every time he just kind of gets up like, oh, that sucked. All right, okay, what are we doing? But the thing is, too, there's also two inexcusable sacks that he takes on third downs when they're in field goal range. He gets bailed out the one time, McPherson makes it. But then the other time he takes a sack, it's like a negative 25-yard play. He's at the 50. Yeah, he'll learn. And they're bringing six. He's got five to protect. That's an awful quarterbacking play because you got to know. you got to know. And he he accounts for the sixth man, but it doesn't matter. And yet, even when he makes the mistake, not the guys in front of him. Like, it might be easier to shake it off. Well, they're just not good enough. It's okay. I'm, I I could trust me. But he made some mistakes, and he was cold-blooded the next time he had the football. What? Who's the guy? If you're picking a guy that probably suffered the worst fate, I'm not talking about a team. Clearly, that's the Bills. That That is insane. I guess I keep saying that when, in truth, it could be the Packers. I mean, you're the one seed at home with the alleged MVP, and he throws for 54 yards in the second half. They I are mean, the biggest loser. Yeah, Easily. they are the biggest loser this weekend. Easily, it the most a punt block way- touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> your opponent scored six offensive what, points, and you lost. What were you doing when that ball was blocked? I was sitting comfortably on my couch drinking a cold Cigar City High Lie, and that punt gets blocked, and I go, as you can imagine, holy. And my wife was in the kitchen pouring a glass of wine. We sounded like drunks. And uh, she comes in and she goes, what? I go, they blocked it. Touchdown. And <laughs> she was like, there's no way that just happened. I go, That's the one thing that couldn't happen. Yeah, I did much the same thing. I was down at my parents' house in, in Palm Harbor. Just had landed about two hours ago. Oh, you were ready to decompress. Uh, Yeah, I was tired. But listen, this is still a game. Part of me was hoping that Aaron Rodgers just put this thing out of the misery so I can go to bed. And he never did. No, nope, that ball's did. in the air. I'm just saying, please don't be a safety. That's all I was saying. Please don't be a safety. Please don't be a safety. And it bounced right to three different 49ers, and they got escorts. That was amazing. But if it was 10-5, I think Green Bay still wins the football game. I don't know that Garoppolo is going to take them down the field one more but time. But he made two really big throws. He did to Kittle, especially well, the one to Kittle. Yeah, uh, two big throws when it mattered. The other quarterback the- <laughs> couldn't make those throws. <laughs> to get them to six offensive points, he did. Yes, he led them to six <laughs> offensive points in a win over Aaron Rodgers and his godly arm. Oh, what a fun, what a fun weekend. Oh, between the Knowles winning and yeah, look, man, I would have loved for the Bucks to continue it going, but we both kind of thought as beat up as they were, didn't seem likely. Hate the way it happened. Yeah, just that San Francisco was waiting makes it hard. But, you know, if it was a trip to Lambeau and, and eventually you're, you're going to be playing probably Kansas City, like it was, from what it sounded like in retrospect, Worfs was never really going to get better. He has to have surgery. 
So. so here's the thing. I don't know why you showed up to practice on Thursday without a boot walking around like everything's fine. Like, what are we talking about? Every doctor that was asked the question about whether or not somebody can play on a high ankle sprain was like, no. No, if it's a legit high ankle sprain, you cannot play on it. So in the pregame broadcast, uh, Gene Deckeroff asked Jason Light the question. He said, how close was he? Was he close to being able to play this week? And Jason Light couldn't hide his answer. It was a great great job, Gene, because Light goes, eh, well, you know, not able to go today. I don't know that it was close, but uh, we'll do everything we can for next week if we win today. So that tells you that even though he was there on Thursday at practice, there was no prayer. Or Friday, I think it was. There's no prayer of it happening. Final thing I'll do on this. I'm just now going. I went back through and pulled up the box score just because I had to see it. So, I, I, it's safe to safe to say we've never seen anything like this. You're under two minutes to play. The Bills and Chiefs combined to score 25 points and give away four leads. It wasn't immediately clear what game you were going to be talking about if it was the Bucks game or not. And once you said the Bills and Chiefs, I'm just thinking of all the Bills fans going. Damn it! No, no, no. Uh, close your... I mean, silence yourself. It's enough! Just, so think about Gabriel Davis, that poor bastard. The move he puts on your boy. Oh, that man has a family. Who the hell is he? Who is Gabriel Davis? Well, he's he's telling you who he is. one yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mike Hughes, sir. I don't know that Mike Hughes can pick himself up, play another football game. You're in coverage. They're playing coverage. He better hope that Gabriel Davis is a walk-in Hall of Famer about 10 years from now. I mean, Otherwise, Mike, what, Mike what the you're, hell? In, you're in coverage. You're off the ball by 25 yards. How do you get your ankles broke? <laughs> we saw a lot of dudes turn a lot of players loose yesterday. Man alive. Ramsey did. Carlton Davis did. Yeah. Winfield at the end had no idea what the hell well, the play call was. All, it's crazy. It's, it, a, it's a tough ask, but he didn't. more than a tough ask. He didn't it's know an, what the ask was. No. He's like, what, what am I supposed Oh, no, he's gone. Well, we had a lot of guys not play well yesterday in that secondary. Really, the secondary kind of sucked all year. Let's just be honest about it. I know they were banged up, but when they did play, they kind of sucked all year long. Frustrating. Anyhow, uh, you get. By the way, what perhaps one of the most underrated aspects of the Bills Chiefs ending with all the craziness is the Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs two point conversion. What in the world? Spinity do all the stuff you would never do, right? Like, oh, look, I'm just going to juke over here. I'm going to go back over here. It's a two-point play. Like, we're running around for 12 seconds. It's insane. A little sidearm flip before I fall out of bounds. It's in. Zaga! I mean, that's a laser. I couldn't believe it. Please isolate that sound for uh, Josh Allen games, henceforth. And then, then, you end up with the Tariq Hill play, 64 yards to the hizzy. And then Allen gets the ball back with a minute. This is all under two minutes. All of this is happening. And and we already documented what you can't do when you're in too high. Oh, Lord. Then Allen gets the ball back. 62 seconds to play. 75 yards and 45 seconds. The game should be over. That just angers me. It angers me. That's it. Outside leverage runs a what, skinny post. Puts it on him. I'm going to go watch it again. I'm going to go watch I that game when I get home. You need to. You need closure. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I just feel really bad for the Bills. I really do. I feel terrible for that team. You're either genuine and feeling bad for them, or this is the greatest troll ever. No, 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 no. I do not mean it to be. I genuinely feel bad. I, I genuinely. No, I've never seen somebody. The only time 
I guess the only time that we saw something almost equally absurd, and it's not even it's not even equally absurd, is the end of that Saints Vikings game, the prayer. Oh yeah, I mean that's absurd. You're taking you taking that angle for? Well, that's, that's I insane. still don't know what that guy was doing. Oh, his head straight down. And Diggs has been in two of those. He's on either end of them. It's really dumb, though. But I mean, when he catches it, I'm saying get out of bounds because surely there's a defender there to the house. No, he turns, he spins around. There's to the house, nobody there. Go back and watch that angle. The guy takes you would have thought he was on the take. There's no who's doing that. Who takes that angle? He's like, oh, I'm just going to bury my shoulder down here into the dirt. And I, like, God, like the, the dude's over there catching the ball, my man. You've got to put your hands on him. Wow. Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 good monday everybody good to be with you Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. Director Matthew in the house. You guys listening in on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Yes. We'll bring in our good friend and cohort, Irash Fell. He's the managing editor at WarChant.com, and he joins us every Monday. Hello, good sir. How are you? I'm great, Jeff. How you doing? I'm good, buddy. What a weekend. What a weekend. And it started with Florida State winning. Uh... Improbably, I suppose, uh, given how tired I thought they would be going into that game and then the great start and the near collapse, but they win. But moreover, what have I missed here? I've somehow missed something, and it was I was alerted to it in your article on Warchant.com, which is, will the real New Bloods please stand up? It's FSU Hoops. Who else is calling themselves New Bloods? What's going on? Dude, it's really the media. No other teams are doing it, but the media are doing it. With They're using it as a catch-all for, like, any upstart team anywhere now. Ah. But but they're using it broadly also to include, I mean, I've, I've last well, last week, it caught my attention last week, the uh, the Miami Herald, in their headline for previewing the FSU-Miami their game, they're like, in a battle of ACC, or a rematch of ACC New Bloods, and it's like, no, 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 no. no. It's not New Bloods, it's Florida State's the New Bloods, that's their thing. And then I went and started looking and reading other articles and seeing a different podcast where over the last year, really, since Leonard Hamilton has kind of started using it so actively the last couple of years, over the last year or so, I mean, everybody's using it now to describe Gonzaga and Baylor and Virginia and all these other schools that aren't 
traditional blue bloods that are having success. And it's like, and you know, from talking to people at FSU, they're a little bit irritated about it because they feel like this is their thing. They have adopted it. And, uh, and I, I'm with them, man. I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, CY brought it up in an interview you did. I remember that interview, yeah. and you referenced it um, in, in, in the art article that people can read right now on WarChant.com. Uh, I also remember Coach Ham saying it to me in an interview after a big win. And um, it was like that was the weekend that they decided that that's what they were going to do. They were going to brand themselves, and they were going to separate themselves from the stuffy triangle group. And um, – and it worked. It worked. And to the point where, yes, they use it in every aspect of their uh, PR and branding. Uh, I just didn't realize that everybody decided to jump on board. Maybe, though, Ira, by you writing this piece and by others paying attention to that now, they'll get further noticed uh, for what it really is, which is Florida State being the New Bloods and the originator, at least as a branding tool in the ACC, um, as, as the only one that should be referenced accordingly. Well, I mean, you know, the thing is, you look at uh, you know, Florida State situation, you know, it, it fits perfectly for Florida State in this situation because of the conference they're in. You know, they're in a conference with North Carolina and Duke and, uh, you know, now Louisville and Notre Dame and Syracuse and these per- programs that have perennial powers uh, traditionally. And, uh, you know, Florida State has not been that. But over the last four years, I mean, I also mentioned in the article, over the last four years, FSU and Virginia are clearly the best two teams in this conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, Virginia has a slightly better win percentage because they've they played a few more games because of COVID, uh, but they both have the same number of losses. Meanwhile, Duke and Carolina and uh, Syracuse, Notre Dame, and all these other schools uh, have not played nearly as well the last few years. And so, my, you know, my point is, I just feel like it's now is the time to kind of to point it out. Look, FSU started this thing. They, this is how they want to be identified. It's this is clearly important to them. And they've done everything they can to to really embrace it. And now, you know, the media can't just say, you know what, we're going to start using that for any team that's not a traditional blue bud. No, that's not fair. <laughs> Go find their own nicknames. Uh, Florida State has is, is really gone to, to great lengths to, to – it's not just a, a phrase or what they call themselves. It really is the fabric of what they are. Well, it's no shock that Seth Greenberg got it wrong. I'm glad you noted that in your article. One of, guess- one of many things that old Seth gets wrong. By the way, over the weekend, I was I was uh, I was in the other room and I had the TV on. And Boston College, I can't remember who Boston College was playing this weekend, but they were at home. And, and Seth Greenberg said, "Well, you know, Boston College is one of the toughest arenas in the country to play." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> anyway, other than maybe maybe he was referencing the fact that there's no atmosphere at all. Well, it can be difficult because you got to generate your own emotions. There's nobody there. Exactly. He didn't say that though. No. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe sixty or seventy or ninety other uh, arenas that college basketball coaches would would least less rather play in. Hey, so speaking of the win itself, specifically Florida State getting its sixth straight now and in first place the ACC, and really, I think we both, if we're being honest, are, are pretty stunned. Uh, not that a team would come around, get together, and find their you know sea legs, if you will, and. Uh, find a way to compete game in and game out because this staff has proven year in and year out that they're going to find what makes a team tick and they'll find the right matchups and and they'll compete. But they're in first place and it's not a great conference. They could 
uh, conceivably, they could be in this position going into the final week of the season with a chance to win the ACC. I wouldn't be stunned. And that's a testament to their coaching and how hard these kids are working and also how down I think the ACC is right now because this is kind of a transitional year for Florida State. So I don't want to belittle what they're doing, but I do want to point out that like by finding themselves and finding ways to win games, and it is time and again coming down to the wire, they're going to possibly put themselves in a position to do something pretty special this year. Oh, there's no doubt. And, man, you know, look, man, if people want to say the ACC is down and, and use that to somehow diminish or anything, look, man, nobody lost more talent than Florida State last year. Florida State lost their, like four or five of their top five or six scorers. They're all their top rebounders. They had, uh, you know, four guys drafted. I mean, to you know, they have every right to be down, yet here they are, six and two in the conference. Now, they've won some close games. You know, they, the two one-point wins over Miami, I'm not sure Miami's not a better team and shouldn't have won those games, but they didn't. Florida State found a way to do it, so you give Florida State the credit for that. But, yeah, to your point, man, I mean, you, know, you look at the, the remaining ten games, and we can't you can't count them as Ws before they happen. No. You know, two years ago, Florida State should have won the league. You know, they did win the, the regular season title uh, in 2020. They should have won it in 2021, but it kind of blew a couple chances, and here they're in first place again. But – if they, there's a very, as you said, there's a very good chance. Yeah, they could they could win the conference again in the regular season, set themselves up to be uh, certainly uh, get the double buy in the ACC tournament, and position themselves well for, with a decent seed in the NCAA tournament. From where they were a few weeks ago, and, and all the holes they had to fill, it's incredible. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um... Since 2018, 2019, this is also in your article on WarChant.com for people to go read. Only Virginia has a better record. They're 49 and 15 with a 765 winning percentage. Florida State's 46 and 15 with a 754 winning percentage. Uh, that's ahead of Duke. That's ahead of North Carolina. That's ahead of Louisville. That's ahead of Syracuse. You know, name whomever it is you want to point to. Florida State is uh, is right there as the best, one of the two best teams in all the ACC, uh, going back to 2018. So it is remarkably consistent. This program, it is one now that even after the losses of elite players, you also document in article uh, that they're going to be competitive. They're going to find a way. Were you surprised, Ira, that they jumped out on Miami the way they did down there? I, I was stunned with the way Florida State came out and looked none the worse for wear. A hundred percent. You know, I thought that was going to be a game where maybe, you know, if they grinded it out, they could stay in it. I thought that was going to be the goal to just, you know, stay with, stay in the game with five minutes left and give yourself yep. a chance. Yep. And maybe the, the game pressure would hit Miami since they have lost eight straight in the rivalry. Um, but, man, they just poured it on, and Miami could not get a shot to fall. I mean, it was a perfect storm. I mean, FSU played good defense. They played really well on the offense. And then Miami missed some shots. I mean, And I think it just kind of started weighing on them. And then the second half, man, yeah, and I heard you mention it earlier on your show. I mean, the combination of Florida State being super fatigued, I mean, I think it really caught up to them in the second half. And then, uh, you know, Miami finally starting to play – the way they needed to play, and then Florida State also kind of being in that tough position of not wanting to rush shots and just trying to kind of milk clock. But you know, it, traditionally, if, if teams try to press Florida State, I mean, look at that NC State game earlier this year where Florida State almost scored 90 points on the road. There's steady dunking, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you press them, they're going to be more aggressive and they're going to run you out of the gym. But it, you don't really want to do that when, you're, when you've got a 20-point lead. So you're kind of caught in the middle, and I think that was a combination plus being tired and um, and then Miami, you know, gets 
Miami getting a couple of four point plays, which just made no sense at all. Hey, so you uh, tweeted you tweeted when it happened, Ira. Sorry, I interrupted. I, I have to jump in here. You tweeted when it happened. You're absolutely right, and it's it. There are a lot of things that drive us crazy, all of us as fans in any sport about officiating, but there is a very real trend of refs looking for a reason to blow a flag. I mean, throw a flag or blow a whistle. Let's combine the two, Jeff. To to blow a whistle on three point shots. Every three-point shooter has now gotten to a place where they extend their foot afterwards, and if you so much as graze it in your effort to block a shot, they call it, especially if they wait and see if it goes. It drives me nuts. There's, that's not even close to a foul on that four-point play. And what's ridiculous is you, you, you're, you're, you, what you're doing is you're telling the other team they can't defend the three from then, that point on. Right. Because there was later, Wong got a, a, a three later, where I can't remember if it was Mills who was guarding him, but whoever it was didn't even want to put their hand up because they were afraid to give a four. Well, now he's got a wide open look. Well, that's crap. Um, and again, that wasn't to say the officiating was unfair to Florida State in that course of that game. I thought Florida State got plenty of calls. It was probably even down the middle. I just don't know why they feel the need to, if a three point shooter just flops to the ground, no matter whether he's touched or not, they have to blow the whistle. They just can't stop themselves. Frustrating, but the Noles found a way to overcome, and that is nine straight victories over Miami and a fun topic and a good article, Ira, as always, on Warchant.com. Brother, I'll talk to you later. Be well. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yep. Um, I don't know if you remember the three we're talking about, but it's baseline three. Yeah. It's not a foul. It's just... It's, we do that a lot anyway in, in situations. Like, we'll actually foul you. Yeah, we will. No, we will foul and you. And that's now. been a hallmark of this now program since I was here. You know, that's Well, that's because they effort to extend out and challenge three-point shots. They're going to take something away. They're going to give something up. They'll give up the three-point shot typically yeah. to take something away. That's fine. Yeah, because then they'll to rotate and they're yes. sprinting out to defend they're it. And, out then to defend. The, yeah. and that's what happens. But when, when it's body on body, I got no problem. Or if you hit elbow, you got to call that. That's all fine. Man... Don't do that, guys. Don't do the foot on foot. Don't do that. Don't reward that kind of slappy. I hate that. It drives me nuts. Uh, it's weird. We seem to have, and I think it's across sports, there's a mantra regarding officiating, which is to try and find the infraction as opposed to letting people play the game and calling the obvious. That seems to be the point of emphasis. It's like, we're looking for something to call as opposed to not doing that, but rather calling the things that stand out above and beyond a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, I'd say when it comes to officiating and, and quirks of basketball games, there's a much bigger problem going on right now, which is shot clocks just don't work. <laughs> what contract have we signed with what company yeah. for We're shot clocks and game having clocks? to go back and check the monitor to find out how much time is left. Not only shot clocks, game clocks frequently. Yep. Both I mean, of them. we're like, oh, wait, 16 seconds didn't go off the clock there. This is nuts. So is this a plague? that? And you know what? We have some friends who work the table at, at these games yeah, here in Tallahassee. Do. I'm just going to ask one of them. Hey, what's the deal? Do these things just not work? Is it one of those deals where, hey, I'm going to hit this button for 150 possessions in a, in a long game today. Everybody's getting up and down the court. It's not going to work twice. We just know that. We know that this equipment's just not going to work. Because it's not only our arena. It happens everywhere. Can we fix the clocks? 
Who do we need to call? I'm reminded of another maddening trend that occurs and has for as long as I've been alive, and I've never been able to put my finger on it other than folks in the press box uh, are just disinterested. And that is, at Little League baseball games, the refusal to add a run when a run has been scored till we're halfway through the inning. Man, we tied this game up two outs ago. You get people screaming up to the – I mean, like, tell me that's not real. It always happens. You know who's on their game for that, though? People at uh, Hauser. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, before you even look up, and, he's, and the umpire goes, hee, and you look up, it's already there. Yeah. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that, <laughs> was that strike one or strike two? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the number to change. Oh, that's right. It was 2-0. Oh. He's already got – they got a quick trigger up there. No, so it's – it's They're three, unlike your Little League fields. It's 3 to nothing. other team. My son hits a double in the alley to drive in a run. You're proud. You're clapping. You're like, right, we can put that run up. We're going to put that run up there sometime today. That drove in a run, everybody. I don't want to be that guy, but that we, volunteer dad's. We just, we just scored a run right there. That volunteer dad's like, uh, you know what? We're we're past curfew. Let's count that. We're at twenty eight yeah. past the hour. This is like, we're good. We're good. Everybody, that's a run. Somebody gonna go up there and tell them that, that we scored a run because it's starting to really eat at me a little bit here. That was an RBI double. I know I'm not the only one who caught that. It's very very frustrating. Frustrating. Jeff Cameron Show ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chat TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Do you have money sitting around just sitting there doing nothing like a deadbeat that money? You got to tell it to get up and go. You might have it sitting in CDs or savings accounts because you want it safe. You want to have access to it. How much is that costing your beneficiaries? Huh? Do you know? Unfortunately, millions of people die each year with money that sat around and did nothing for the spouses and children it left behind. What if you could take that lazy money, put it into action by providing your beneficiaries with a significant increase in the death benefit value of your money? And in some cases, what if you could do that while getting some long-term care benefits for yourself and a money-back guarantee? That's right. A death benefit, long-term care benefits, and access to your money at any time. For more information... And your legacy enhancement kit, call Pete Tyson, 850-523-6118. That number again is 850-523-6118. Our friends at Preservation Financial Group. There you go. Heads up there. I probably do. I probably I need to do that. Get some dead money laying around. You got a pick? You ready to go? Ooh, yeah, I'm always ready, ready. to wager. Hey, I missed this part of the day. I missed the whole show, but I really missed this part. You missed the wagering more than anything else? There's pressure. You're telling thousands of people what to do with their money. Well, first we did so responsibly with the previous read. Now, if you've got a little loose change. So I'm going to do this. I'll air his dirty laundry, and it's not dirty. It's to be celebrated. Director Matthew cashing it in over the weekend, my man. Well done. Oh, that that's good smelling laundry that's right there. That's real money right there. That's a good weekend, sir. Way to go. He beat me at my own game. Now, we weren't head-to-head. Well, in a weird way we were. But uh, the golfing lineup that Matthew presented turned out to be a profitable one. So can he submit a lineup for Wednesday? 
for consideration? Yeah, I think so. He's on a roll right now. He's on a heater. Well, that's the thing. You get on these rolls like this, and you know it's hard to deny it. So I'm not going to deny it. Uh, he actually, the, the the this is where you got to have a volatility to your lineup for these fantasy golf lineups. And he had he had the guy that temporarily was in first place that no human being who follows golf golf has ever heard of in their life. That's true. What was that dude's name? Lee Hodges. Yeah, nobody knows who that is. Sounds like it's a, uh, Gil's grandson. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like a, a a sorry character or a typical trope in a sitcom. There's Lee Hodges out there. Oh, look at Lee Hodges. Anyhow, he was leading the tournament for a while, and Matthew walks in on Friday and goes, I got him. I was like, what the hell? Who gave you the heads up on Lee Hodges? Normally I'm the guy who's pulling somebody out from nowhere, but my man had a horses for courses moment. He's my father. <laughs> Come on, Lee. Someday we'll be reunited. Well, he almost he almost cashed in the big chip, and I'll tell you what, that would have been interesting. Well, that would have been that like yeah, would have paid for Sean's off. college. Yeah, yeah. That would have been impressive. Would have uh, given him a day off for that. Yeah. For the low, low rate of three grand. Yeah, we would have been celebrating with him. Cue it up, sir. Let's get to it. Hey, Big Daddy, having some red Russians tonight? We'll know in about 47 seconds. Into an open wing. It's picked up by Dowdy, an empty net. He scores. Hot damn. Big Daddy's done it again. Red Russians all around, Teddy. All right, Big Daddy. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration in payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. Well, I always try to jump on these early, and so it is. I'll take the Rams minus three against the 49ers, despite the ownership the 49ers have over the Rams. And I'll do you one better. Chiefs Bengals over 53 and a half. Chiefs Bengals over 53 and a half. Rams minus three. Boom. All righty. That's the long term. How about short term parking? Tonight. Tonight, Anaheim travels to Boston. The Bruins are red hot, but Anaheim is pretty good, too. Take Anaheim plus a goal and a half. It's a minus 115 proposition. I like that. I like it, the insurance. Take the Ducks. Tell you what else I like for tonight. If you want to sprinkle some pizza money, take Ole Miss plus four against Florida. I like that Ole Miss club in basketball. A little plus four against Florida. Basketball. Mm, There it is. Kansas minus seven versus a Texas Tech team that's on the verge of being in trouble, maybe? Maybe? I don't know. Uh, but I do – I shop around for your Ole Miss number. I've seen it as uh, low as four. I've seen it as high as five and a half. So, obviously, you want to get the best number. Search the books. I saw – I was following somewhat on social media from uh, the other country as a Florida State beat Duke. Coach K was getting killed. People are ready for him to go, Duke fans. It's interesting. Well, he lost another game. Why would you go man? Zone worked. Why would you go man on that final possession? Well, because they play man. and uh, That was his answer. That's what we do. Well, it is what they I've do. I've won a thousand games is one of his answers. He said that. Well, what he said was he got mad at the guy that asked the question about was he aware of something. He was like, it's my 1500th. Yeah, whatever he said. It made me laugh. I, I kind of didn't L- mind that answer. Listen, son. Yeah, I mean, he was a little like, come on, man. You seriously ask me about my personnel? Yeah. 15. He was asked why 14 minutes had gone by without a basket from their best player. And he's like, yeah. I'm well aware. I was, I, Paolo's getting the ball. <laughs> 
for Tom. I'm Jeff. Thanks so much. Good job, Matthew, as well. Be well, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>